welcome everybody. This is episode 16 of the Tall and Short of It podcast. We're recording on a wintry Wednesday evening. I'm your host, Justin, with my co-host, Aaron. What's going on, man? Uh, not too much. I was a little, little upset about the wintry part. I mean, I'm excited because it means uh, I'll hopefully be able to hit the slopes before too long. But when I was walking from my parking garage to my office, it was um, not as exciting as the flurries were coming down in the wind. So, um, but how are you doing, man? I'm I'm doing okay. Uh, you talk about talk about getting into uh, getting onto the slopes, and again, I I think of your uh, I think of your collarbone. I'm surprised you don't have PTSD. Oh no, I'll be fine. I'm. Go. That's what I, I like to hear. I had so much fun learning to snowboard last year. Um, even with my my injuries that I got from from winter sports, the collarbone was from ice skating, but I I did have my nice face smashing off the ground moment where my goggles sliced my nose pretty good. <laughs> so I've had a, I've had a couple of run-ins and I mean, I've hurt myself plenty of times over the years in sports. So that doesn't really deter me. Fuck. That's right. I forgot. I, I don't know why I thought you did that skiing. That was a, uh... everyone mixes it up because I've uh, like, I, I did noticeably get injured snowboarding. So I think everyone thinks uh, about the collarbone being a snowboarding thing, gotcha. which it very easily could have been um, I with how I fell a few times. It <laughs> very easily could have been a, a collarbone or a torn rotator cuff or <laughs> God damn, man. <laughs> Who knows I, what? I can't, I can't remember anything. I just, uh, I, I fall hard a lot in whatever I do. It's great. <laughs> that sounds like a large metaphor for life. That sounded like a, like a deep, uh, self-deprecating joke right there. It is. I, well, and I mean, it's, um, it's like that, that saying, uh, fall down eight times, get up nine. It doesn't really make sense because, uh, if you fall down eight times, you only need to get up eight. You can't really get up a ninth time unless you fall down a ninth time. Yeah, that but, is an odd phrase. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> nice. So, uh, so you said you had uh, a funny story to to get rolling with. I'm curious what you didn't really give me much info on it. Well, it's funner to um, it's funner to get like honest reactions and okay. honest banter. Um, that's why that's why I tend to keep my like pre podcast chat just like kind of very minimal. Um, I like to, you know, just get it all on the recording, but having said that the story is a bit meta. It's like a podcast about a podcast. Um, so we were in, it was like, it was like midnight or so like, uh, last week or over the weekend. And I was in discord with Colin, me and him were playing, um, me and him were playing a game. I think we were playing risk of rain and we were just like chit chat and whatever. And we're getting like pretty deep in the runs and like getting pretty deep in the chat. Right. And okay. he fucking just out of nowhere. He's just like, so when are you going to release the podcast, dude? And I was like, um, what do you <laughs> Like, what do you mean? And he's like, <laughs> oh, I see all these locked rooms in the Discord. Like, do you really just not want people to listen to it? Like, when are you going to release it, dude? And I was like, 
And I, I was very confused. I was like, wait, like, what are you actually talking about? Like, are you serious? And he's like, he's like, yeah, Kyle said, you know, you guys have the lock rooms and, you know, whatever. He doesn't know where you guys upload. He, he, he thought they were just on the Discord. And just immediately, I just like linked him the anchor um, URL and was like, nope, there they are. All the episodes already online. And he's like, oh, what the hell? I didn't know, yada, yada, yada. I was like, dude, holy shit. It was, <laughs> it was just so funny that his like perception of it was that like we were hiding it behind these like locked discord rooms that we, like if you pop into the discord room that it's all there it's just like yeah. and, lists and, and lists of podcasts and, and then what would that mean is that we were just like recording our voices just to hear ourselves talk to each other like how weird of a thing would that be like oh aaron let's let's record a podcast so i can listen to it while i sleep i want to hear us talking yeah, that would be a <laughs> that would be a pretty bizarre way to do it. So um, hopefully Colin hears this episode because it sounded as though he had some intentions to listen and just see, see what was going on with it. Yeah, um, so I look Colin, forward to it if he uh, if he does. I want to get some some feedback and and hear what his thoughts are. So yeah, and and that's no shade to him. I just I just thought it was the funniest thing ever. It's like a game of whisper down the lane or whatever. Yeah, no, that's actually hilarious that he he thought that we were just like in here on Wednesdays, just talking to each other and no one was ever going to hear it. Dude, like recording it and just like saving it for later. Like, ooh, I want to cherish these moments. Like, exactly. Uh, it's like, like you're what, making like home videos or something. Nothing that we talk about would be uh, relatable at all by the if we just like waited to release everything like just drop like 20 episodes at once that's so funny like uh <laughs> yeah dude we know all this shit like happened already exactly <laughs> oh man yeah it was just so funny i was dying that cracks me up that's awesome yeah. so tell your friends about the podcast get everybody listening anybody listening now tell your mom tell your brother tell your sister tall and short of it podcast get everybody listening and yeah what's up colin absolutely what's up colin <laughs> <laughs> But, um, Colin, if you hear this, I need you to message me in Discord. Just message me the word asparagus, oh, um, and I'll, there you I'll go. know that you listened. There you go. That's <laughs> funny. That's funny. Um, now, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, we've we've got a lot of uh, F1 to talk about this week, but I didn't know if there was anything else you wanted to, to touch on before we get rolling into that. Nope. Nope. I just wanted to tell that little story as a way to... Uh, you know, just kind of open it up a little bit. But yeah, I think uh, I think this weekend's race on Sunday was very exciting and there's going to be there's going to be a lot to get into. So uh, why don't you set up the first topic here for us? Definitely. So, um, well, just getting into it, we know that uh, we had a lot of uh, shifts in the driver lineups for the start of the race. So George Russell um, had a fantastic qualifying um, starting in P2 right behind Valtteri, Max Verstappen just right behind him to start. Um, I mean, uh, Pietro Fittipaldi, uh, Jack Atkin, I think it is. A um, couple of uh, new guys that were coming up and racing, uh, Pietro Fittipaldi for Haas. Um, in Roman Grosjean's place and Jack Atkin taking the the spot for George Russell on Williams while George was driving the the Mercedes. Um, and those are those are uh, F2 drivers, correct? Yes, both gotcha. F2 drivers that uh, have 
had enough points in F2 to have their super licenses uh, to be able to race in F1. Because you do have to have a certain number of uh, points based on uh, finishes and things like that, from my understanding, to have a super license. Um, and then you are able to graduate up to uh, to F1 if uh, a team brings you up or if there are open seats and you get signed. Um and whatnot. So these nice. two both were, uh, I guess, in the um, kind of driver academies for Haas and Mercedes um, or Williams Haas uh, because uh, Williams uses the Mercedes engine. So, um, but the start of the race was kind of interesting as well. I was a uh, I have to say, I, I held my breath for a minute when they're going uh, down the one straight. I think it was after turn two, mm-hmm. and I just see the smoke from a car coming up in the background uh, from Kimi Raikkonen spinning out and mm-hmm. doing that spin. I, I mean, obviously, you can't when the the camera is just looking straight down the the track, and you have um, all the cars coming towards you. Just seeing smoke billow or the. I guess rubber billow up in the background um, from the yeah, spin. I was like, oh, it's hard boy. to make out who it is though, or what happened. If, right. Like, anyone hit, or if it was just something like that, where he, I think he just caught um, the curb a little bit and a couple tires spun. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I think, um, did you have any, favorite parts of the race? I guess starting at the beginning, like any, anything that you caught your eye as we were going through the first lap. Um, other than of course that, uh, first accident that, that took a couple guys out. Well, that's, that's really what I want to talk about because I obviously don't know the rules, but I watched that. I watched the clips back. Okay. Trying to get a sense of, what happened going into turn i well turn four right going into turn four but often the thing that happens at the turn was set up some some meters before the actual turn right like things things happen that lead to other that that lead to things being the way they are when you enter a corner right yep so Looking at looking at the moments leading up to turn four, the commentators, Max, fucking Sergio, and what would seem to me like the 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 rules people, the the uh, whatever, the stewards, mm-hmm. they all seem to think that it was Leclerc's fault. Yep. That that he well, whatever, I'll 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 have you explain it to me, but the way it looked from those cameras was that Checo just fucking came right through Leclerc's line. Like that did not look like Checo's line. He was on the outside. He was riding the outside the whole time. And then he, and then he swung across, he swung across the track right into Leclerc and, and, and everybody's saying, that oh it was Leclerc's fault and he should own up to it and this and that. So I want to know what the right of way rules really are because I have to be honest with you, watching Checo take out both Leclerc and Max and then go on to win the race, 
I got to tell you, dude, that left a really bad taste in my mouth because it looked from every angle or from every angle that Checo just not intentionally, obviously, but Checo just fucking took them out. Yeah. And so, then got to keep on racing. So for one, he was super fortunate that he didn't have any um, serious damage from from that because he could have had the side of his car could have taken damage. He could have had, um, depending where Leclerc and he uh, connected, he could have had one of his um, like his suspension on the chassis knocked out of alignment, not be able to continue racing. Um, but essentially. So, uh, for anyone who, who didn't watch, uh, basically George Russell and Valtteri Bottas are out front in P1, P2. Then you have, uh, this group right behind them of Sergio Perez, who was on the, the outside and it's, uh, so the left-hand side making a right-hand turn at turn four max, Mm -hmm. then kind of, uh, to his right, and then Leclerc on the inside. And I'm going to so, stop you right there. I'm going to stop okay. you right there. And this is what I mean when I say that the it, it's not just the turn that causes whatever happened. It's, it's noted by what you just said, and the cameras show it, that they were stacked three wide across that track, going right. into that tight-ass turn. And so, basically, the way the... Um, the way the rules in terms of like right of way or or giving enough space and whatnot work is if you are driving, um, if you're driving side by side with someone and you guys are both going the same pace, um, you can't just squeeze someone off the edge of the track. And so the reason that this was, um, Leclerc's fault was he wasn't, uh, going into the turn. He wasn't even with, Checo with uh, Sergio Perez. He was, uh, Max was probably like half a car length, or, or the front of Max's car was probably halfway up on Sergio's car. So Sergio's ahead of Max. Yep. Um, and then Leclerc, a similar distance behind, um, behind Max on the inside. So Max, and part of this, uh, and part of the reason Max wasn't in this incident really, other than, he hit the brakes um, real hard before it happened. Exactly. Because yeah. he had gotten pinched by both Mercedes cars yep. going down the first, uh, the first stretch. He, right. he was, had a really good start was up with them and they both started coming in and he was like, I'm not getting taken out this early. I'm going to, I'm going to break early, get like, stay out of their way while they're, they're driving aggressive. Like it's an 87 lap race. I've got time to, to kind of make up for it. Right. Um, and that and that attitude was um echoed in the like post like post crash questioning where he right. was saying like, you know, they were both driving too aggressive, we would all still be in this race. Right. And yeah. so the way um Max took turn 4, he braked early because I think he did assume that that Sergio was going to try and hit the apex because yeah. Sergio had the right of way. So coming from the outside, he's still, if there's no one directly side by side with him, then he can just take the racing line, uh, which oh. would be hitting the apex of that turn. So right where the corner kind of connects. Right. Um, right. 
And so Leclerc was on the inside. Right. And so Leclerc late braked trying to get past Max. Um, I think he locked up a little bit so that he wasn't able to really uh, control his his car position as well going into the turn. Um, And because Sergio took the racing line and didn't have like he couldn't have seen him in his mirrors. He Leclerc definitely was in a blind spot um, for Sergio. So that's why um, because Leclerc kind of lunged up the inside there um, to try and get past Max, he put himself in a position um, that he was in Sergio's racing line then. So, but my initial reaction was, very similar to yours. I initially was like, Sergio just hit Leclerc. Max avoids it all and then gets on the gravel and yeah. can't, can't control his car and goes into the wall because y- you can't slow down well enough. You can't get any grip. Like there was at that point he was just done. And so I was, I was right with Max when he was like kicking the wall and oh, probably yelling. And I was like, Yo, did you see Leclerc like fast walking away from him, like looking over his shoulder? Oh yeah, he was. Bro, uh, I think he immediately knew, and he he did take uh, admit that it was his fault. Um, but when dude, they were even that, to like him, but... rewatching the clip, I I didn't get it. I didn't understand. I was like, why are you taking the blame? That that explanation makes sense. Where right, where he wasn't far enough up on Checo's car that he was allowed to be there. That makes sense to me. They also talk about like it, that he locked up and that was, that was a big portion of what they were talking about. So I do see that that likely caused a lot of problems for, because you have to believe that Leclerc would have tried to correct, but oh, definitely, yeah. But having that locked up tire, he probably couldn't have done it to the best of the ability, man. And that's, I mean, to be fair, the Leclerc being out of the race didn't didn't hurt that much, but it was Max being an innocent bystander in the whole thing. It and, felt so bad. Right, because now, because remember we were talking that he had, he had a shot, depending on the way the race finished, he had a shot at getting ahead of Valtteri in the race, in the, in the driver championship, and now that's gone. Yep. Well, and so I think it, it even stings to me. It stings even worse after the race, seeing how bad Mercedes fucked up, honestly. Um, Oh yeah. With the, uh, the double stack pit stop. Yeah. I mean, Max, well, Max would have been, if he had been able to avoid that and stay on track and everything, he would have been up in P three. And so it would have, taken Sergio pitting and I mean of course throughout the race moving up getting the the couple of safety cars throughout but he would have had to most likely race Max at the end for first place right and if everything else goes the way it did you end up with Max potentially getting 25 points and Valtteri getting four and he was only down 12. So he would have been thing happened to Mercedes during right. Yeah, exactly. So he would have been up nine points on Valtteri going into this last race and the way that they've been racing together, barring any DNFs 
if it went if if Lewis races this weekend and it goes Lewis one, Valtteri two, Max three, um, at Abu Dhabi, Max gets second in the drivers' championship. If that by just a hair, yeah, yep, by I think like six points or something like that. So, well, and that was my joke to um, that was my joke to Sarah the whole time was I was like. I was like, what the fuck is Checo doing? He just headhunted Max and just took his own his only competition out of the race and this and that. I was I was I was not too kind to uh Checo on Sunday. I was not either, <laughs> man. I was so mad. Um, but I mean, speaking of him, he did after that point really, really Go race phenomenally. Yeah. I mean, going, yeah, from, from P18 and finishing, like even Daniel Ricardo got, uh, was interviewed sometime during this week after the race and everything. And he basically just was like, you can't let the guy who's pitting on the first lap in last place win the race. He was like, that's on every other driver in the field. Right. Like, there's no reason that the guy who was in last place after the first lap and had to pit wins this race is like that. That's just on us. <laughs> but, uh, but also the fact that Checo did win, uh, it's his first race win. Uh, he is, I think in the top five for longest stints of driving in F1 without a race win. Um, so it was definitely a long time coming. Cause he is a, he is a good driver, but yeah, I was I was not pleased after that <laughs> that accident. I thought that uh, that Max and and Charles when they got out of the cars were probably like talking like what was Sergio doing, but apparently not after uh, watching it back and getting a little more detail on it all. Yeah, it sounded like it sounded like Max was blaming Leclerc right from the start. Yeah, which. I- yeah, you know, it it just shows how green I am because I was I was me and Sarah both were like against all information being given. We were like, no, that can't be it. Why is that happening? Yeah. yeah. Well, and it also the the way that you're watching, you don't really get to see all the angles. You don't like you said, it does take con- some of the context of the lead up to um to the turn to know exactly what's going on. Right. Um, like I so, want something with a laser pointer and like a pointing stick to be like, okay, here's how it happened. And these are the rules in reference to why it was decided this way. Like I want the whole replay breakdown, you know? Right. And, and it's, unfor- it's unfortunate in terms of like, I don't think that the, uh, commentators did anything wrong by not digging into it a little bit more, but it, it's something that I wish you could get a little bit more information on while it's going on. Um, but with F1 being not having any stoppages really like you would have in, in traditional sports, um, like you can see a instant replay in a football game or, um, see the, like if there was actually an out at first base in a, in a baseball game, you can't really quite do those full breakdowns in F1. Right. right. Uh, which I wish you could. I wish you could just like pause the race, freeze frame everyone and just like <laughs> break it down a little bit more. Um, well, that was always totally, totally changing subjects, but you'll see we'll, we'll, we'll loop back. Um, 
the one thing that I that I really loved about um and this just speaks to like video on demand in general. I I would really enjoy the the vods of old team fights or just like League of Legends team fights in general. They don't necessarily have to be old because I love being able to go like frame by frame and yeah. then you look at the map, like you see where you see where all of the people are and then you just like slowly let it play and see how it all goes and then you can like because often in a team fight, like there's ten, there's ten champions that you have to keep track of, and they're all throwing things and doing things and pressing. Well, and you're looking at cooldowns. You're looking right. at right oh, so much. This guy teleported behind the team. He's coming into yep. flank. He, yeah, there's and, like, and you can miss all of that, right? So it's it's often often when when I see like a really really uh, just like good or fun or powerful team fight happen in a game you go back like three four five times and let it play out because you're like oh fuck how did that hecarim get there oh the tp oh the ward was right there they didn't have vision and like you can just they you can break it down so much and i i just say all of that to say like part of me especially for somebody that didn't understand those right of way rules Mm-hmm. Part of me, part of me, wish they had some kind of like you were talking about, like a replay system. Yeah, or even like um, on the F1 TV uh, app that we have, or like the the subscription we have, be able to go to like a secondary um, kind of broadcast that maybe has a little uh, bit more breakdowns uh, or something. Like, if you want to watch all the action as it's going on and all the craziness, you can watch stream one. But if you want more like detail on, on the little things, uh, pitch strategy or, um, an incident, like you can flip over to the stream two or whatever. And, uh, they might have more of that breakdown more. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Like be able to get, get into the, the, the minutia a little better. Definitely. Um, but there was uh, there was one other person that on that first lap I really was impressed with, and that was that was Lando. Lando went from nineteenth, and I think he moved up to tenth by the yeah. end of the first lap, which was just wild. Um, he had a phenomenal start um, up until the the safety car. So. Uh, well, I was, what was so interesting about Norris's race too, you, you originally asked, was there anything you like that stood out about the race? I was going to talk about him. He had some incredible overtakes during, during the course of the race. And, and like you were alluding to the first lap, um, I thought his use of DRS and the like late breaking into the corners and, and really like getting on top of some people, man. Um, yeah, he was I racing thought, I thought real aggressively. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah, it was fun to watch. Um, now the the one thing that was interesting that we didn't even mention. So so Checo gets P one, Ocon gets P two. I thought that was impressive for the Renault car because now we know now we know it can keep pace at the front of the pack, right? Definitely, absolutely. And then the P three with our boy, fucking Mister Upside Down Man. <laughs> Lance Stroll in third, like bouncing I, back. I I didn't see that happening. Like no, very I, interesting uh, podium. I was um, I was pretty impressed, but it it's not. I think as 
I shouldn't have been as surprised by it as I was other than like, if I knew that both Mercedes were not going to be racing at the front, um, I shouldn't have been surprised with, uh, with racing point being up there because early in the season, they had had some really solid races. Um, I'm trying to think back. I'm going to have to look here quick at the schedule. Um, for the first race because it seemed like they were really performing pretty well overall um at the start of the season in some of the tracks that have lot uh more like long straightaways um so with this being that way uh i don't think it should have been as surprising um ah Interesting. Okay. Cause they have that. that so like, from like a constructor's perspective, not a driver's right. perspective. Okay. So like the, the second race of the season, the Styrian Grand Prix, um, they finished, uh, sixth and seventh, uh, just behind Lando who finished fifth. And if I'm remembering correctly, I want to look at the map. The Styrian Grand Prix had, yeah, the Styrian Grand Prix had a lot more, um, like longer straightaways, uh, that, with that Mercedes like top top speed um it worked well with their with their cars so here i'm going to send you the picture of the steering grand prix um oh maybe oh is it the red bull ring in austria uh yes gotcha so <clears throat> interesting yeah um Oh, Seriously. holy fuck. Is that turn? What turn is that? Turn one. Yo, turn two is crazy. That's turn like two a switch, switch back. Yeah, it's, Dude. it's really sharp. And three as well. Okay, what does Ramus mean? Define. Remus and Romulus are both gods. I In think. Roman mythology, the twin brother of Romulus. What is yeah. the meaning of Ramus? A son of Mars. Whoa. Okay, because at the Red Bull Ring, turn two is named Ramus. Yeah. That's spooky. Um Yeah, they have it, that's a really cool track. I like it. They've got the giant uh, uh metal metal bull statue there yeah, and everything too. Yeah, it's I a that. it's a pretty cool track, but uh but Whoa. yeah, so with there being such long straightaways and how the Mercedes seems uh Mercedes engine seems to do uh on tracks that have that with this um the second bahrain grand prix having these long straights and everything yeah uh, it it does kind of make sense in my head thinking back okay um, that they would have been performing well but i think the the renault cars like you mentioned with esteban Ocon, first off congrats to him for getting his first podium and that's yep. that's huge to to get p2 for it as well Mr. Skinny Legs um, taking it home. Yeah, but the uh, the Renault cars have seemed to to get better and better as the season's gone on. So that was um, that was good to see as well. So I've been uh, yeah, I, it was a really solid race overall. Um, I think it makes it really interesting though, uh, digging into kind of what some of the implications are of this mm -hmm. um because 
Albon finished sixth in the race. Mm-hmm. Sergio finished first, and Albon got passed by Sergio during during the race. He it wasn't like I don't really think the safety cars affected it that much. It it tightened the field up a little bit, but uh, when Sergio passed Alex, I'm pretty sure he was on a slightly older hard tires than than Alex's. I think he might have been on mediums at that point, and he got just blown by by Sergio um so that that makes it real interesting for the Red Bull decision because like we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks um it is kind of up in the air about who is going to get that last seat is Albon's to lose but seeing Checo get that P1 and Alex really wasn't competing uh, for that top spot in a car that I think everyone expected Max to be fighting for for first place to finish P6 that doesn't feel great I think for for Alex um, with those chances or, or with uh with his seat up in the air still and having said that did you see, well, you were talking about having some uh, some Twitter posts that we wanted to look at. Now, did you see the, uh, who was it, Checo's brother, like, posted that picture of the, um, of, like, the Red Bull drink machine? Oh, I did not. <laughs> well, it's, like, it, 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 it's all just really interesting to me. And so I'll, I'll use, right, so we're at the end of a season, a bunch of seats are up. And a bunch of drivers are looking for seats, trying to keep their seats. Yep. My question is, are singularities enough to make whole F1 organizations turn their head on a driver? It would appear that the answer for Red Bull is yes. I, I think so as well, because I yeah. think... Um... I mean, they they kind of did the same with Pierre Gasly. Gasly yep. was he was performing okay, but he wasn't able to keep up with Max. So they were like down Alpha Tauri, uh, Toro Rosso at the time, and come on, Alex, we're gonna give you a shot up here. Um, but then, and this is something that I've I've talked about, I guess, throughout the F one season is him. And how the the cars are the same, and when you see cars that are the same finishing so far apart, um, it makes you kind of wonder what's going on with that. Why one driver is not necessarily able to to keep up quite as much. I mean, you have Racing Point one three, Renault two five, um, like you've got these different uh, teammates Renault that is four ten though. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I look at the say, Mercedes guys, though eight and nine. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I was a little. Uh, I was on the themselves a little bit, but um, but yeah, I think uh, I watched a video during the week that kind of broke down how teammates have done in comparison to each other. And Albon has been outqualified for by Max in every race this season. Um, he hasn't outqualified Max a single time. Uh, and his difference in terms of 
I, I forget if they did it. They did it as like a percentage difference between either quality times or it might have been um, like race finishing times. But they had the largest gap in terms of that percentage than any other team on the on the grid. Um, okay. So like sense. he is he is lagging behind Max more than on average any other second seat is to the first seat in there. Right. Team. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so that it's just tough because I, I also would hate to see Albon out of F1. He like, we've talked about him being very young. He's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of drive to, uh, to succeed survive. and to perform, <laughs> yeah, to survive, uh, to to succeed and perform well and i think he he has a good head on his shoulders in terms of not letting the outside media and things like that get see at least seemingly get him rattled um but he just still even with all that is just not performing up to what i think red bull wants because i really i really do think right now that red bull is I mean, they obviously want to contend for a constructors championship. They've done right. it in the past. Um, Mercedes has been very dominant, but I think they they see themselves just like just that a hair behind Mercedes. Like if they can get a couple more things to to work out, tweaking their engine and whatnot, that they see themselves as being able to compete. And if your second driver is um is not able to be up there competing with the top two from or with the two drivers from Mercedes, then that makes it um, makes it hard to keep keep him in the the seat. So, well, it seems. Hmm, I think. I think um, to that point. It makes me think that Christian Horner might be in a bit of a the grass is greener on the other side because I think what we have on our hands is a first seat driver for Mercedes that is an anomaly and then you have a first seat driver for Red Bull that's an anomaly. Yeah. And they are trying to it's it's almost like they're trying to find another max in a field of drivers where I do not believe there is another max and another Lewis. Looking I, at the other 18 drivers, I don't think there is a sweet seat swap that you could make that gets Christian Horner two and three or or two and four or three and five every single race. I do not think there is a driver on the grid that can bring them that. I don't think it's Checo. I don't think it's Alex. I don't think it's Valtteri. I don't think think any of them are on the level that Max and Lewis are ready to compete at every single Sunday. I think there's only two people who I would say, um, could potentially, but you can't. It's hard to hard to say for sure. Um, one would be Charles Leclerc because okay. he last year really showed that he has a ton of uh, really good 
um, performance and skill that he that he carries with him through his driving. But the issue with him is he has been uh he has made some some bad mistakes he's he's frequently making mistakes like he did this week with uh causing that that accident in the first mm-hmm. lap okay that was a relatively um or I, I wouldn't say it's a common thing but it's something that he's done enough times that you kind of wonder okay um, the other person i would say is george russell um and, and that's just i think him being or having a ton of potential. He's a young driver. He really, I mean, he stepped into a car this week because we haven't really touched on him much at all. Um, but I, I know we will, but he stepped into a car that is not the right fit for him. He didn't know what half the buttons on the steering wheel did. Um, using a DOS system, the dual axis steering that Mercedes has and no other car on the grid has. Um, and he was out there leading the race for at like 80% of it. Um, yeah, what what lap did uh, did the double stack happen? Wasn't that like that was really late in the race, right? It was it was pretty late. I don't remember exactly when like 75 um, or so, or was or, it even later? No, it was it was before <laughs> that. It would have been uh 63. Three, I believe, because okay. they said there were 24. Uh, he asked uh, what position he was in after the slow stop and coming out, and they were like, your P5 is like how many laps? Uh, and they're like 24 to go. Um, uh, I got gotcha. you. Team radio. Okay. So it was, but still, I mean, he had led from lap one to lap 63. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, um, and comfortably, too. It didn't look like he was you know yeah and it, i mean it looked like he knew how to drive and i think that speaks to the quality of driver that he is because i mean like we said valtteri is a great second driver for mercedes i've i have changed my tune after some of the comments i made early on in the podcast um i think valtteri is a very good consistent driver but he wasn't he wasn't challenging uh george just like he doesn't really typically challenge lewis um so that's why I really think that that George might be the only George, maybe Leclerc might be the only two on the grid that um, you could probably swap in for Albon and have someone that that is up there racing like right with Max consistently. Right. Um, but with contracts and everything, that's not going to happen. Um, so that's a that's a. That's a, a small sample size, still though. That's only oh, two tiny. drivers. That tiny. like we we can't even make that good of a case for, right? No, and and so I think like the yeah the fact that the second driver for Mercedes doesn't have to be an anomaly like Lewis to right. still be able to um, be up there competing and, and right. racing Max and and beating him in the majority of the races. Um, and that's a luxury that Christian Horner with Red Bull Racing does not have. He, he, is not. Needs, he needs a second driver. He wants it up. so bad. Right, right. <laughs> because it's 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 gonna have to be like a numbers advantage for them. It can't just be 
it can't just be Max uh, trying to trying to bite at the at the front of every race, trying to get Red Bull points because right. and the same things are going to happen. How many DNFs did the dude have this year? And 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 we that's five now. Yeah, like like it, brutal. And and he's and we're still touting him as as an anomaly on the grid. Like yeah, of of course, of course, the grid seems pretty fucking skewed at this point, man. Yeah. Like. I yeah it 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 just seems like the 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 skill spread between the vehicles is large and the skill spread between the upper echelon of the drivers and that second tier is just massive. Yeah, there's a there's a decent gap. I mean, um, th- there's there's a solid amount of drivers in that second tier. There's a lot of people that we oh, can talk absolutely. about, right? They're, but it's that are that. all competitive in that. I mean, right. that that lends itself to how close the the drivers standings are in that midfield. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, even after this week, the the race for sixth, you've got Leclerc with ninety eight points, Signs with ninety seven, Albon with ninety three, and Lando with eighty seven. So within eleven points, you've got four drivers this late in the seat. Like that's uh, pretty solid. But I mean, yeah, looking at the way Max has raced, I would definitely agree with you that he is kind of just out there and it's hard it's going to be really hard to find someone who um is that kind of uh just like freak in Mm -hmm. terms of just being able to perform i mean his race finishes dnf three two two one two three dnf dnf two two three dnf six two dnf like he's just right there like at the top every time that he's not getting knocked out of the race or having engine issues or whatever it it is like he's he's right there um which i also feel for him because i think same uh, yeah yeah he's like out there alone (laughs) well and if uh if there wasn't a lewis out there there's there is decent potential for him and valter like for him to get a driver's championship uh racing against valtteri but uh until lewis retires at this point it's gonna be really hard to uh to have a different driver's uh driver's champion what a what a crazy thing like lewis is out here just like gatekeeping winning like <laughs> god damn it if it wasn't for you like yeah like I, he, he, he wasn't even on the grid he wasn't even anywhere near the grid and it and it totally swapped up yeah you know exactly um, to- totally new things happen we should just we should just force retire Lewis Hamilton so we can actually have some good F1 racing. Seriously. Come you on. I, I know friend of the pod, Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> um, yeah, just beat me on my pager, dude. We we love watching your race, man, but but leave some for the rest of the guys. Like, come on. However, I did see I did see and I, I don't know if this is right. Just um, just fucking, you know, backseat Redditors or whatever. But um, they said that 13 of the 20 drivers have been on the podium. And that that seems like a pretty, pretty decent field. You know, that is definitely which, which would be contrary to my argument about like, oh, these anomalies well, are just like gatekeeping winning. But at the same time, you could probably say that about. Five or six of those were from from kind of freak races. Ah, so, sure. Because I mean, you have uh, the race that um, I have to look. I believe it was the Emilia Romagna. No, which one was it? 
It was one of the Italian Grand Prix that had, uh, I thought at least, what was the, the one? one? At, the one at Monza with the big crashes where Gasly won. Yeah, which yeah. one was that? I'm pretty sure that was Monza. Yes, um, yeah, Monza, the Italian Grand Prix. Yeah, because you had Stroll, Signs, and Gasly on the uh the podium for that one and Damn, then such two podiums for stroll holy shit is. i gotta two stop P3s. talking shit on him <laughs> um I, he's, he's upside just, down he's super inconsistent though even uh like even though he has those like really solid performances it's the kind of lack of consistency because even the ones where he's not upside down in his car hanging like a bat a lot of those races he's finishing down in like eight, nine, like he's he's not really up there competing, but he's had he's had these two races where some crazy stuff happens uh, that he's ended up finishing third on the podium. I mean, it's probably easy to do when you have a Mercedes engine. They definitely. seem like pretty free races, dude. <laughs> yeah, free races. Uh, definitely. I mean, look at George Russell. The- having the mercedes power but yeah that's a that's another another thing that uh, i wanted to get into man sure george like he performed phenomenally um under such short notice like i said he's working with a, a whole different team a different car he had to wear a shoe size smaller because he's so much taller than lewis so his body literally did not fit properly in the cockpit of that car so he had to wear a slight uh, a size shoe smaller and have his toes all scrunched up in there just to be able to fit properly and and have his feet fit on the pedals properly. Damn, um, I didn't know that. That's pretty funny. Yeah, and he goes out there and honestly should have won that race. Um Mercedes just collapsed. Um that safety car that came out that they brought and that was who caused that safety car that was uh, uh what's his name uh, uh Latifi. Latifi. yeah, yeah. spun out oh um, i think it was turn eight yeah it was i forget or no i don't think did he spin out or because i thought he parked his car along the the side um or was that no yeah yeah no latifi his engine had trouble. He ended up parking it on the side. That's when the first safety car came out, which is where everything got jacked up with the tires for Mercedes because they did the uh, double uh, stack. That's right. That's right. Because, because they, they still had, had the, the gap window. at the time. Yeah. yeah they still had the, the window to be able to pit both. Um, and then Jack Atkin in the second Williams car spun hit the uh the wall where his front wing came off and then um or wait or was that Fittipaldi it was one of those two it was one of the young guys yeah they um, lost uh they lost they the front lost wing. Their, yeah and uh had to to pit and the wing was on the track and because the laps were so short they couldn't like get someone out there to get it off so i had to bring out the safety car again um but yeah seeing seeing george uh get and i still honestly i haven't figured out what exactly happened in terms of whose tires he had but i think he had a mixed set of his tires and valtteri's tires yep Yep. um (laughs) and then valtteri going in 
pitting they put on the tires and they're like no 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 take off the tires they put the original ones he had on back on the car and then he has to go out and race with like 14 lap old hard tires and with his fucking Um, brakes on fire yeah his brakes were oh that was wild like Um, i'm amazed that they're just like oh just get back on the road and it'll be fine It's they're like just, because when they're, they're especially so hot, they're so those right, like extended that air rushing time. by them to like uh, be air cooled. Like that is so yeah. wild to me that it just bursts into flames. Oh, it's insane! And um, but that was actually some, some another thing that um, I, I saw. There was actually a little bit of um, frustration with. Valtteri from the the Mercedes side in terms of how he wasn't really managing his tires very well because the hard tires that he had on got put on a similar lap to um Sergio Perez's first pit stop where he or not his first pit stop because his first pit stop was on lap one uh but when he got his tires that he finished the race in, he had hard the hard tires on that he ran all the way to the end and he was still passing people like had really good pace and valtteri with similar in terms of tires uh towards the end there wasn't really able to make some of the the moves that i think they would have liked to see out of him um but I was happy to see George after the whole fiasco, then getting another puncture and having to pit again, being able to race back up and and get into the points, get his first points of the season. That was uh, that was awesome. He he really had a phenomenal race. And it's a shame that like that that was one that was just fully on the garage like he had he had no control over you know what what tires they pick up from the pile yeah um and then and 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 not even just in the race like he had everything from the practice to the qualifying said that george russell was about to have the weekend of his life and he did right up until right up until they fucked him yeah and you you have to think if he (laughs) If he didn't have such a big lead when that safety <laughs> car came out, then he probably would have just stayed on those hard tires and stayed out and uh and could have still potentially won if he if he doesn't end up getting a puncture. So man, <laughs> George, it is actually his fault because he was <laughs> too far ahead of everyone. He else. was driving so fucking good. He was driving so God. well that God, it put him Mercedes. in a spot to <laughs> <laughs> to have the pit crew screw him with the uh the whole tire situation so he was um, driving so phenomenally he got his garage just stirred up into such a tizzy that they couldn't even read the labeling on the tires seriously he's driving um, so well but i think uh i think that gives I think it really gave Mercedes a great um, view of the quality of driver he really is outside of the the Williams car, uh, and I mean I think it's it would be the best decision that whenever uh, Lewis retires to just move George up into that into that seat. Um, 
Because he, I, in my opinion, really, in just that one one short weekend, proved that he is capable of of doing everything that they would need him to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I just I can't believe that Mercedes had a, a Ferrari moment with their garage. They normally like they're not they're not like Red Bull who are getting under two second pit stops, but they're consistently that like. 2.5, 2.8, just like nice, good pit stop, nothing crazy, consistent. Then, yeah, George Russell gets in the car and they're like, hey, who's got the tires? They're <laughs> all just looking around at each other, pointing fingers. Um, but what's what's interesting about that is like, and this may be just a question about life at large, but it's like, how much do we need things to be normal and orderly and have a pattern? And, you know, we, we know what we like and we like what we know. And so it's interesting that when a bunch of things all get thrown up in the air at the same time, it's funny to see the things that go wrong even from the organizations who previous to a moment like that, you would have touted like, Oh, they're so consistent. They just win. They just, they do everything right. The pitch strap, but, 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 and then you watch something like that happen and you're like, Oh, Oh, that's, Oh yes, of course we are all human. Yeah. And no, and it's just, I- it's just kind of funny to see, uh, I don't know. What's the phrase? The, the bigger they are, the harder they fall kind of thing. Like, like, yeah. like, like, what if that double stack happened to fuck it? What if that double stack happened to Williams? We just would have been like, ah, shitty day for Williams. And we never would have thought of it again. Yep. The fact that Absolutely. it's like Mercedes, it's like, oh my God. And blah, blah, blah. But what's crazy is it ruined the race for them. It literally lost them. Yep. They, uh, I mean, brutal. It, it's rough. And I, I definitely think that. Uh, it kind of, I, I'm sure it soured George's weekend a lot. Um, as he said I, in a, a post-race thing that he was just gutted. Uh, I, gutted. Love when, I love when people say that. It's, it's such a like, funny British term. Well, like talking about uh, someone else getting knocked out of the race. Oh, I was absolutely gutted for him. And it, it's, uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, that's, that's how I felt. I was like, man, he's out there should have got gone from having zero points uh on the entire season to best finish of best finish of 12th to to winning a grand prix in in three days time (laughs) um that would have been quite the story but we got we got some pretty good uh excitement out of it instead yeah which hey i i think it would be kind of crazy he goes this long i think it was like 190 races or something like that without a win he gets his first win the next week ends up being his last race in f1 if he doesn't get signed like next week could be his his last race yeah talk Um, about sour damn yeah that's i that's rough (laughs) the one question i wanted to ask you is how often do and uh, Fernando Alonso with, with standing, how often do drivers come back to F1? Like um, once they lose a seat, it doesn't seem like something that would happen too often. It does occasionally. I would say it's not 
um, super uncommon, but I would also say it's not extremely common as well. I mean, you right. have uh, Esteban Akon who was... So it can happen, you're saying? <laughs> yeah, like okay. I would say... Well, no, I mean, I would just say... That is a um, thing that is allowed to happen, sure. No, I, I'm trying to find a way. Like, it's rare, but not, like, extremely rare. Okay. Uh, that's probably a better way to put it. But it is rare. So, I gotcha. mean, you do have, like, Fernando Alonso. Um, Esteban Akon was out of um, driving for a year. He was a, a res- went to being a reserve driver for Mercedes for a season. Uh, before coming back uh, and racing for Renault this year, um, so there there are a couple of people that it happens to every few years, but um, but yeah, it's definitely not not frequent. Um, so yeah, you have to figure like as the org, like if they're out of F one, that means they're not driving an F one car, and how. Yeah. How much do you want an individual out of an F1 car before you sign them? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a weird thing because you have people like Alonzo who he went and was racing in the IndyCar series, which you're driving relatively similar cars, but you're not really doing it on the same kinds of uh, tracks necessarily as you are in F1, right. um, like the Indy 500. It's just novel. Um, uh, yeah, but, it's just about driving fast. Yeah, but then you have uh, <laughs> you have guys like Stoffel Van Dorn, who is uh, currently Mercedes reserve driver, who was I think he finished second in the drivers' championship for Formula E, the electric Formula car series, um, and was also driving as a the reserve driver for Mercedes as well. So, um, so you do have teams and constructors who are okay with, um, bringing people in who aren't necessarily F1, uh, like current F1 drivers, but Van Dorn also, I believe he was actually, I think one of Lewis's teammates for a year. Ah, um, back when he was on McLaren? No, on uh on Mercedes before ah. before Valtteri um was. So he was I have to look and see. I can't no, even remember was... a time before Valtteri. No, I guess he did race for McLaren. Yeah. So he raced for McLaren. Ah. I was I thinking that he <coughs> was teammates with I don't know. I guess because he was Mercedes reserve driver, I was thinking that he was a teammate of Lewis's at one point. But for, in 2016, 2017, 2018, he was with McLaren. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And then this year he raced for in Formula E for Mercedes. So, uh, so yeah, there are definitely some crossover where they're comfortable with it. But I would say with there only being 20 seats, there's also racers that are coming up from f2 uh it's definitely there's steep competition to try and come back into uh into formula one if you've kind of dropped out of it right and so and and that would have been that would have been my kind of line of thinking for it where it's like 
hey man, like you, you, you had your chance here. Obviously you weren't turning any heads, you know? Yeah. And, and it, it would seem easy to just look to the other, um, uh, what would you call them? Series is the yeah. other racing oh, series. Um, look to the other racing series is for your rookie slash up and coming talent. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, like, yeah. Like why would large multi fucking multi-billion dollar organizations look backwards? That doesn't seem like a, like a logical, thing yeah no i definitely i definitely agree with you i mean and also you look at it sergio's 30 he's yeah i mean that's not old um but he is one of the older drivers in f1 like i'd Mm -hmm. say he's got to be in the top the older half i guess of of f1 drivers um and with that like why why would you commit to someone who is older? They um, haven't, I mean, like I said, this was his first win in 190 races or something like that. Right. Um, why take your shot at that instead of someone who is young and has something to prove or is a promising talent that that could very well um, give you the same performance and is younger with room to grow and learn? Right. Um, so you get longevity out of that individual then. Definitely. Yeah. Um, because I think that's also a big thing for a lot of the constructors. I don't think they like switching up drivers as frequently, um, if possible. Like I know Renault was uh, definitely disappointed that Ricardo is leaving after only two two years with them. Um, because and, and he's moving to McLaren? Yep. He'll be moving to McLaren. Um, and I think... Yeah, the teams definitely are. Uh, they like having that same person if the person is performing because it gives you the opportunity to one build the relationship with the team. Like you're able to really have a good connection, understand each other, communicate well, which can be huge between um, like your race engineer and the driver as things are going on. Um, if you're just popping a new person into that seat every other year, it definitely um, makes it tougher to, to build that and also to, to get a feel for the driving style and maybe tailor the car a bit more to that person um, with your setups and everything. So, um, yeah, I think, I, I think if, if Sergio does not end up with a seat in F1 for this coming year, uh, I don't think he is going to be like Alonzo um, and be able to necessarily get back into F1. Right. Um, I think like Alonzo is definitely another one of those um, kind of outliers in terms of that because. But he's he, won the, he was the, the world, driver's championship. Yeah, he's, he's a world right. champion. Right. So, he, that, so that seems fine. That, right. Like he, he knows how to win. Checo doesn't know how to win. It makes a lot more sense, in my opinion, uh, having Alonzo out of F1 for a couple of years and coming and him being brought back in uh, than it did, or than it would in my mind if if Checo leaves F1 uh, right. to see him come back in. The only reason that I um, that I think Nico Hulkenberg uh, could 
have a seat is like he he hopped in for what I think two or three races this year and, and showed up to every single one showed up every time and on short notice performed really well um, and was out there so he mm-hmm. he showed that he still um, has it and Checo's out there week in and week out and only getting this this one win which I mean still awesome for him. I don't want to, to downplay his win, but just for having a, a long career, um, it's not the same in my mind as Alonzo. Right. So. And the one thing, the one thing that Sergio doesn't have that I know both Hulkenberg and Alonzo do is fast, fast hair. hair. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I knew where you were going with it. Checo's hair isn't it. that fast. It's not. Okay. It's not. <laughs> as long as we're agreed on that. No, I definitely agree. Um, but I, I think it'll it'll be interesting. I think this last week, um, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix is going to uh, make some minds up in terms of what happens with Checo. So, well, I, guess I think we'll it's going to make I think it's going to make a lot of minds up, too, because like we were talking before, there's there's a lot of shakeups that can happen depending on what the race result is at the end of uh, at the end of Sunday. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, like we were talking about with Christian Horner and the Red Bull org. like if if heads are turning that quickly and that easily, bro, you better be pushing. You better be pushing because yep. the difference between the difference between fourth and fifth huge the difference between fourth and sixth gangbusters you know what i mean absolutely um and i mean like i said last week the the three unconfirmed seats in f1 right now are the second seat in red bull the second seat in uh alpha towery the other red bull team uh and then lewis just because he hasn't signed his contract yet because he's trying to probably milk as much money as he can out of uh Mercedes, which all power to him, man. <laughs> well, having said that, did you see, excuse me, did you see the storyline that they were talking about with fucking George and Lewis, where they were like, oh, was that a move to bring George up to make Lewis sign his contract? And like, was that a bargaining chip and this and that? Well, I was like, holy I think, shit. I think they're just, uh, they're fishing for stories with some of that oh, stuff at this oh, point. 100%. Because I saw that and I also saw another one that was like, Valtteri, you better watch out. You better watch out. Did you see how George performed there? You right, better, uh, right. George, they might just swap you down to Williams and, and put George in your seat. It's like well, ah, that's what it's... the that's what the Twitter detectives think happened. Did you yeah. see the Did you see the post about like oh that he took his Williams like livery down off of his social media? Valtteri took the Mercedes livery down. And it's probably like, well, it's the off season. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even look at that or see that, but I mean it's. <laughs> I just think it's a little bit um, conspiracy theory esque uh, to be oh, trying. I have, to... My, I have my tin hat on. Believe me. <laughs> yeah, to be digging that deep into things like that. That's like when um, when people are like, "Oh, this this NFL free agent followed this guy on Twitter." Oh, I bet they're he's going to sign with that guy's team. I bet yeah, he's going to do it. That's it's actually like, funny. That's like, actually like now nah, they they maybe they just work out together in the off season. Maybe they just go to the same gym or have the same like <laughs> the same trainer Eskimo or something. Brothers. Yeah, maybe they're Eskimo brothers. Who knows? That's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, that kind of stuff. I'm just like 
<laughs> you really have to have your tin hat on for it. <laughs> but dude, it really does make me think like, cause I, I'll read those like clickbaity like uh, headlines and be like, Hmm, damn, that actually is interesting. Like, I'll, like I, I let it go. You know, I, oh, I, absolutely. I let my brain it's, run. Hey, why not r- let your brain run with it a little bit? I mean, but, it can't really, uh, can't really hurt. I mean, worst case scenario, it just doesn't happen. But if you have a little bit of fun thinking about, huh, well, maybe, maybe that they're soured on, uh, maybe Mercedes is a little soured on Valtteri because of how he didn't perform when he could have, and yada, 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 or how George was ahead of him. George was ahead of him, but then George, George caught up to him at the end of the race. But that must mean George is a better driver. Yeah. It, it must mean Valtteri's out. Yeah, it's uh, all those things. It's it's kind of fun to to let your brain go with it. Uh, but it'll I it'll be kind of cool seeing uh, after this this next week also how um, new people fit into their seats with the the next teams that they're on, like Daniel Ricardo going to McLaren, Carlos Sainz going to Ferrari. Um, some of the small shakeups, Seb Vettel going to Racing Point, which is becoming Alpine, I believe. Is that that's what it is, right? Yeah, with uh, a pretty sweet, uh, pretty sweet livery setup. I thought it was kind of nice. I, yeah. I like the um, I like the name change. It's cool. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. And um, seeing. That setup after I, I've honestly no offense to Racing Point, which used to be Force India. Like I do not like the pink. Oh, it's all. it's it's ugly. It's really I, bad. It stands out in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, me. it doesn't scream like like fast, cool, chic. Like it doesn't it doesn't give me any of the. Uh, the feelings that I want my F1 livery to give me. No, definitely not. You know? Like it, it's just, it's not sleek at all. And for, uh, since I, I began watching F1 a couple years back with the drive to survive, I was like, it's like, those cars are just ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which like, and, and which would make me not like the drivers. Like you drive an ugly car. I don't really care about you on the grid. Well, it, it makes me not want to pay attention to you as much, which exactly. I mean, as someone who is still relatively new in F1 and, and my fandom, I was like, yeah, not a fan of that. <laughs> so so I don't want to, if I end up uh, buying F1 merch down the road, I don't want it to be this giant pink t-shirt that says BWT on it. For Ooh, like, son, you shouldn't have said that. You know what you're getting for Christmas now. Holy oh, shit! Oh no, that's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, like it, it's one of those things. I think your your livery definitely. Um, it. I mean, it's what attracts new fans in a lot of senses. Like before, mm-hmm. you know, the drivers. It, most new people coming to sports like teams that are either good. They are related to you by the location you live in yep. or the way they look like mm-hmm. people like cool jerseys, people like cool, <laughs> like cool looking teams. So 
Speaking of, I'm a big fan of the Alpha Tori livery. I love the uh, the, the white, white, gray, and blue. It's, it's so so good. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I like at Williams too. Williams has a similar one, and I mm-hmm. like theirs as well. They just are always at the back. <laughs> Ferrari, Ferrari is that the bright red? That's timeless. Everybody knows the we, Ferrari colors. Should we? Um, I. I have a proposal for uh maybe next episode at the end we rank the uh the team liveries ah i mean i feel like we're talking about it right now why don't we just do it right now all right let's uh let's do it i i just wasn't prepared i don't have them all pull up uh pulled up you can um you can go to the f1 site hover over the teams and it shows you the car okay yep that that's just what I'm looking at. I had the uh, I had the stats from the race pulled up, and I'm just hovering over the teams. Okay, so we've got teams. So all ten. So there's here. ten teams. All right. So start at number ten. Number ten is the worst. It's got to be Racing Point. Definitely Racing Point. All right. So number nine. Now this is where it gets tough. Okay. Number nine. Um, I'm gonna have to go. Alfa Romeo, I think. Mm, interesting. We would align on that as well. That's what I would have said. And then, yeah, it's going to get tougher as we go up. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I honestly, I'm not a huge fan of Renault's. The yellow is not like the black and and yellow like i know those colors work for so many sports teams but there's something mm-hmm. about it that i i'm just not a huge fan of i might have to put them well picture picture the renault f1 car just transforming into a massive bumblebee think of that <laughs> there you go but okay, makes it a little bit right. cooler uh all what right, do you so we have, do you have down there so we have racing race. point alfa romeo you put renault okay. i would say i would say the um to be honest, I'm going to put Ferrari down at the bottom. Okay. In uh in my in my slot there because the reasoning I think the liveries look best when they're like contrasting two colors and the flat red of the Ferrari is a bit uh let's say boring compared to some of the other designs. Okay, gotcha. Um... Who's up next for you? So next one, let's see here. Hold on. I got to look back at it. So um, next side, honestly, probably put Red Bull. It, it's so cluttered. And okay. like, there's, there's so much going on. It, the, the symbol, like with all the different colors on there, it's not as sleek looking as some of the other cars. So I'd probably have to put them, even though that's my my favorite team. Uh, that's who I'm I'm gonna have to go with. The I like the colors. The red with that like royal blue. I like the colors. However, I would agree with you that it is a bit loud the way they have like the car laid out. Yeah, um, and so, yeah, and like so that's all an interesting the... point all the different sponsors are like have different colors and everything. It just seems really cluttered. Sure. Kind of. Sure. That makes sense to me. Um, okay. So, so we're looking at number seven then here. Yeah. Honestly, I think I would have to put, 
I'm going to put Haas at number seven because we have the Alpha Tori with like the white and blackish gray. I think they do that color scheme better. And then also the Williams is using like white, black with the blue. And I think they're doing it better too. So I think gotcha. my seven is going to be Haas. Okay. So that's uh, for seven. That's where I'm putting Ferrari. Cause I, I do kind of agree with you, but I do like they, it is a pretty clean car overall, but the, the red is it's, it doesn't have some of the, the kind of cooler designs and everything that some of the other, the other cars do. So, okay, wait, so Ferrari is six for you. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm keeping, keeping track. I've got a list going. Nice. Okay, cool. Okay. So, so then we need my six. Yeah. Right. Or no, we... you, you said Haas. Okay. Then which so one did I miss for me? So I have 10 at racing point, nine Alfa Romeo, eight Ferrari. Is that where yeah. I got it mixed up? Yeah. Or no, you had eight Ferrari, but did you, did you agree with me on Red Bull at seven? Or did you put Haas at seven? Ah, uh, okay, yeah. So Haas is seven, and I'll say uh, Red Bull okay. for my six. Gotcha, that makes so. sense. Nice. Okay. Because yeah, I'm writing them down too, and I got them all mixed up. All right, so we're on your number five now. Now we're up in. We're halfway through. Okay. We got the shitty ones out of the way. Where you stand on five? So five. That's where I'm gonna put Haas. Uh, okay. Because that's. I, I think they. Like you said, with the the Alpha Tauri and the Williams, they I have to, in my opinion, have those above above the Haas. Roger but, that. Okay. Yeah. So that's where I'm gonna put that. So for your number, your number I'm gonna five. say <clears throat> I'm gonna say Williams at five, which is yeah. unfortunate because now we're in the realm of like I'm. I, I like all these liveries and now we just have to like rank them. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll put Williams at five. I, okay. I, I like theirs. I like the white and blue. So for my four, I'm at, I'm going to put Williams there. So ah, now we're, okay. we're kind of getting into that. Yeah. It's it. We're, we're knocking them down a little bit, uh, getting down to the, the nitty gritty of it. I think, for four, I'm going to say for four, I'm going to say Renault. OK, I like that. I like that. The 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 black and yellow. And as we've gone through the list, I'm actually kind of surprised I, I placed them so high. But I still I stand by my selections. All right. Number three for you, sir. Uh, so number three for me, I'm going to go with Mercedes. Ooh, so. one of us was going to do it. Yeah, so I I really like their their livery this year, especially like the silver arrow thing that they've they've had for past years has been very iconic. But mm-hmm. I almost look at that as the same as the uh, like the Ferrari. It's it's a little more plain. Mm-hmm. But what they did this year with some of the like the patterned um, design on the livery, it's sleek, it's clean, it's got the that nice aqua teal line going through that's it. what does it yeah it's it's I, that aqua blue compliment color that's just so dirty yeah it looks good very good well my number three as well is mercedes i think for the i, I think for similar reasons but 
the the other two that are left i think are are much more up my alley so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna second you and uh put mercedes at three so then we're i feel like we're probably gonna have the same top three um but i have uh, at number two i have mclaren ah okay see that's so then our one and twos are swapped Uh, okay so the orange and blue is number one for me Okay, I really I wasn't sure, but I really really like Alpha Tauri's. Like they're okay. the logo that they have and everything for it. Um like they they do the Red Bull design just better. Like they they've got the bull in the middle of the the little logo, but mm-hmm. it's just the two colors. It's not mixing the navy with the red with the yellow. Um it, it's just so so slick for me, but I really do like McLaren's. the The orange and blue just goes it goes so well together. Well, I think that's a lovely point that you made. The AlphaTauri livery just does the Red Bull one better, and yeah, I I totally agree. Um, as far as I think, as far as aesthetically pleasing, AlphaTauri is probably the the tops. the The white and gray I think looks really good. Yeah. Um, However, the McLaren's use of the bright orange, uh, it's going to get me every time. I'm such a sucker for orange. It's such a good color. It it, it looks fast on the track, too. It looks great, and it's also the only team that uses orange, really. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, it's, it it definitely makes it stand out a bit more. Um, So... Very cool. Uh, (laughs) That's actually super funny. I'm, I'm, I'm happy our lists were so different. Yeah, no, we definitely had some some mix-ups. I think uh, I'm going to have to see if we can get a combined like average of <laughs> what place to make a an official list. Oh, oh, like <laughs> like the tall and short of its favorite liveries. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Dude, the ultimate would to be to do like a like a helmet review dude because some of the helmets that they bring to those races are fucking sick oh yeah dude like lewis's that purple one that he had on for the um what was that the race in the rain um it was like a sparkly purple it was fucking sweet there's yeah they've they've had some good helmets i think uh maybe maybe that'll be a next week thing end of season uh favorite favorite helmets of the of the season do we could just power rank everything yes exactly just a week of power rankings this this was just a taste this was just a taste just dipping our toes in the water um randomly so to the uh to the tier list content making have you like have you seen all that shit like how boring must this like pandemic be for people where they're like fuck it i'm just gonna rank some dumb shit and put the video on youtube yeah i'm gonna rank uh what are what are some of the i mean i always feel like i see people ranking foods but uh that's like one of the go-tos but what other ones have you seen that have like stood out to you well a a twist on that genre was the uh power ranking like snack foods i saw that one power ranking tv shows Um, oh tv shows that definitely yeah like like in a vein where it was like oh power ranking like 90s comedy shows power ranking horror movies um, the one I saw was power ranking the, um, 
uh, what am I thinking? Dude, it was on the Hydro Homies subreddit. It was like power ranking all the like bottled water brands. Oh my god! Yeah, it's just like what people are crazy. Dasani's got to be last. Dasani would be my number one. What the fuck? I don't like Dasani. All right, we got to do the list right now because I have oh, to no. see. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I have to see what you're talking about, dude. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We don't have to do that. Um. I'm trying to, to see. Welcome to the hydration hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get really uh, into into bottled water. God, no. Nobody should care about my opinion on things that much where they really want to hear like, oh, I wonder where he ranks this in a list of 10 things among other things similar. Yeah, I I definitely don't think that my opinion should be valued like that either. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, but I'm glad that our that we had the same top three for liveries. It means we have good taste. Oh, absolutely. And anybody that disagrees, obviously, they have subpar taste. Our own, like, mini echo chamber. <laughs> well, according to Colin, that's exactly what we were doing. Yeah, very true. Uh, can't forget that, that so we've funny. been uh, making the podcast and no one's been listening. It's just for us. Just for us. No, but we... Uh, Speaking of people listening, we appreciate everyone out there who who is and who's listening to us uh, go through all the different liveries. Because <laughs> I that was actually pretty fun. I enjoyed doing that and and going through uh, just spur of the moment. Yeah, I'm. I can't believe you're about to make the people wait a whole week. Holy shit! That's that's not how you do uh, cliff cliffhangers. Uh, I mean, that is how you do cliffhangers. Actually, I, I, I guess it is. <laughs> It'd be a poor one though. That's exactly how you do cliffhangers. <laughs> All right. So before before the pod, you were saying there were uh, you had some Twitter posts that that uh, came out from the weekend that you wanted to get into. Anything? Uh, anything? Anything funny? Uh, nothing too crazy. It was it was kind of stuff that we had talked about. It was like the posts that I had seen about um, how the the tinfoil hat stuff, like the Valtteri gotcha. watches okay. back for George. Um, I did also see something with, um, so Carlos signs with him moving to Ferrari. He made a, a post about how he's excited for, um, the last race and everything. And he's had a, a great two years with McLaren, but that led me to a video, um, where when he initially announced that he was, uh, signing with Ferrari for next season, um, uh, Lando Norris commented on his post and said, um, oh, what was it? I have to look uh, at the, oh, he said, like, Estoy Lago, like, I'm a lake. <laughs> and Carlos thought that he had, like, mistranslated what he what he had said. So when he talked to Lando the first time he, he saw him after the post, and it was like, no, he was like a lake of my tears, dude. I'm sad. <laughs> like, I thought that was funny because Carlos was like, I think he just messed up his Spanish. <laughs> and I was like, no, I was trying to tell you I'm sad and I'm going to miss having you as a teammate. Um, but I, so that that I feel like he up. left out a bunch of words if he was trying to say that. Yeah, he, he just said, like, I'm a lake. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but uh, I guess the the only other thing that I um, 
have that I'm, I'm kind of just waiting to see what happens with is if Lewis is going to be up to racing this weekend. Cause he, I think yesterday said that he was feeling very good. He had his first workout, not, not back in the car, but first like just physical workout at all right. since he had gotten COVID. Um, and he's hoping to be able to, to get himself back and ready for the, the race this weekend. But I mean, that could, that could leave if he doesn't end up racing, that could leave, uh, for some pretty interesting, um, things to happen again. I mean, uh, you would still, you would see George get another shot in the Mercedes. Uh, Jack Atkin gets another drive for the Williams. And I believe Roman Grosjean is still, uh, expected not to race. So I think uh, Pietro Fittipaldi will be in the Haas this week as well. So potential to to kind of run it back a little bit um, for this coming week and and see how that goes if Lewis is is not feeling uh, or not in condition to race. I mean, I hope he is because obviously uh, COVID's been pretty scary thing for everyone throughout this whole year. So I, I want him to be recovering well. Um, but if he if he doesn't race, I think it gives some pretty cool storylines for this upcoming week. So, dude, how funny is that, man? That like the top the top driver has to be off the track for like anything fun to happen. Yeah, he just he just doesn't want anyone else to have fun. Dude. That's it. <laughs> that's that's what it is. He's not gatekeeping winning. He's gatekeeping fun. Oh no, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton, the gatekeeper of fun. I man sucks to be in that spot. I know. I wouldn't want to gatekeep fun. Uh what a guy. We we definitely don't on this podcast. So no, um, we're all I about do not fun. I do not support gatekeeping fun. F is for friends who do stuff together. U is for you and me. <laughs> that was a Plankton's version though. That was a bad time for me to take a sip of water when you started singing. Is your computer okay? My computer is okay. It caught nice. me off guard though. Good. Good, good, um, good. But yeah, as uh, any other, um, I guess, things from the race that you wanted to to discuss, or I feel like we've we've pretty much hit everything that we that we could have for this past weekend. Yeah, um, I don't think there's really anything else I wanted to hit as far as the race goes. Um, yeah, I guess uh, shout out to Checo. Hopefully. Um... <laughs> I, I don't know, because I don't really care if he has a seat next year or not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Checo for the victory. I was happy to see uh, Renault up in the um, up on the podium. Uh, yeah, obviously, we said everything, everything to say about the unfortunate stuff. But uh, yeah, that's kind of all I have for the race. What about you? Any any, any last words on the race? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I. I'm definitely excited for the last race just to see how things shake out. If, uh, I mean, if Mercedes has a, another bad, like garage situation, who knows, maybe Max can still have a shot to get that, uh, that second in the driver's championship, uh, unlikely, but, there's still definitely some interesting things to see, uh, I guess for this next week. And then there's still, uh, some teams fighting for, for third in that, 
uh, constructors standings as well. So uh, we've got some good things that we'll be able to kind of discuss and wrap up after uh, at the end of the season. So, yeah, it's interesting that coming to it's interesting that coming to the end of the season, like it's not all wrapped up. Like, um, like obviously a couple races back, it was, Oh, you know, Lewis already secured the championship already. This already that records breaking, da, da, da. but it's cool that we're coming up to the final race of the season. And there's like, like I was saying earlier, there's actually points to be raced for um, and results still very much matter. It's not like people are um, way locked into, to any certain position on the constructors championship or the drivers championship. Uh, so I think that's quite interesting going into this Sunday uh, to the degree that I'm going to be very, uh, very happy to watch it. Yeah. I think that's a really cool thing about F1 in general is like, even uh, so like, I mean, with so many other sports teams are just getting eliminated as you go towards the end of the season until there's like one champion crowned. Um, I think that's a really cool thing about F1 where you're able to, um, have this competition all the way up to the end. And it, it does matter, um, in terms of uh, money for the constructors and things like that. There's a, it can make a huge difference in, in terms of millions of dollars. So, uh, there's everyone's racing for those, uh, they're racing for the points at the end of the season. Sorry, that was a bad racing point joke, but <laughs> Um, oh no, it was a good racing point joke. We can agree to disagree. <laughs> um, I do have the, uh, if, if you want, I did put a, put together our combined rankings for the liveries that we could close out on. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Yeah. Go for it. All right. So tied for first. So First and second, Alpha Tauri McLaren tied up there. Third, Mercedes. Fourth, Williams. Uh, fifth and sixth was a tie between Renault and Haas. Uh, then seventh, Red Bull. Eighth, Ferrari. Ninth, Alfa Romeo. And tenth, Racing Point. Interesting. That's cool. That's cool how that happens. Yeah, because uh, I just totaled up the the position numbers and then uh, put them in a list. So very cool. Yeah, but uh, I think that's pretty much all I've well, got. Were there any on. other? Oh, hold on. Hold uh -oh. your horses, because what the, the, the point that we were getting into there at the end of the conversation about that, it's like still a race up until the end. And this is something that you'll be familiar about because we've seen it change a decent amount and we've seen it across a bunch of different things is Ooh. the format of the competition matters the way they lay out the the points making the way they lay out like is there is there playoffs is it round robin like how are points accumulated how is a winner decided i feel like the format of a competition heavily informs how interesting it is to watch right yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, uh, going to League of Legends as well, like having mm -hmm. the top three spots in the major regions go to Worlds um, or like the third place spot having to go into the the play-in stage and things like that for, for the League of Legends World Championships, that definitely makes it 
different and exciting to kind of watch all the way up through. Um, yeah. And I, what, what I, what I think we found, especially with league of legends is it's evolved over time and it's changed, especially for the world's format. Um, I know we were talking about like the old, the old OGN format when it was like the, the double round Robin in Korea, like yes. the whole yep. season, it was, it was a, it was a giant tournament. They were playing, I think they were playing best of threes at every, um, like every time they teams met up, they were doing yeah, the all best their, of three. All their matches were best of three, which I love. And um, that, like that just ups the, it ups the, like the ante, right? It just makes mm-hmm. it so much more exciting. So I, I use all of that to, to talk about the end of the F, F1 season where I'm happy it's not all locked in. Like, I love being able to have that conversation about Max where like we as his fans are like, oh, like, cause, cause that one finish matters for yeah. how it can all shake out at the end. I, I just, I just find it fascinating when everything matters at, at that level of competition. And you're really just trying to like eke out the, eke out the margins. Yeah. Every, well, and every, every point you get, um, making that big of difference at this point. Cause I don't remember the, um, how it was last season, um, in terms of the driver's championships, I didn't pay as close attention to it then as I did this year. Um, last year I was more focused on just like kind of learning the racing, uh, getting a feel for like what goes on in an F1 race and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year, um, that was something I was able to really dig deeper into. Uh, and, and that to say that last season, it may have been just as exciting for, for some fans out there as this season is for us kind of watching it go through. Um, and I think that that's probably going to just be something that, uh, carries through through pretty much every season of F1. I'm sure there will be seasons where sometimes it it doesn't uh, make as much of a difference, but that midfield is is fun to watch, uh, seeing how that shakes out. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and it it brings it brings an understanding of just the sport in general. And it seems, you know, why they've been going for what they just did there, like 70 years of racing. Um, like no wonder it's had, it's had such a following and, uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely has gained a new fan in me. Yeah. I think, um, it's also kind of funny to, uh, it's another, um, the fact that it's so, such a popular sport in other areas of the world and not really in the U S um, is funny to me because I've started to kind of notice a pattern in terms of what sports um, people in the U S like mm. compared to people do around the world. Yep. And the thing that I've noticed the most is like lack of stoppages like in Pretty much every um, sport that's like really popular in the United States, there's tons of stops in it, and the that also le- like allows there to be so many statistical analyses that people make. So like you have football where there's like 30 seconds of stoppage in between every single play, 
And so you can really compare how many yards this person has, how many com- like pass completions in baseball, like every pitch you have stop a stop after every single throw. Um, and then basketball, similarly with fouls and the number of timeouts, but in like European sports, the, the top sports I would say in like Europe are going to be like football and uh, as in soccer, um, hockey is definitely up there. Some basketball, um, and then formula one, I feel like is, is really up there in terms of like big leagues, uh, that have sports like that or mm. like large league sports, um, as opposed to like boxing or UFC right. where it's just individuals. Um, and there's like no stoppages in, in soccer, really like the clock keeps running, even if there's an injury, like you just tack on a little extra time to the end of the, the match. Um, racing obviously there's no stops other than some uh some pit stops but that's like built into the excitement because like you're it's taking still part a of the race, race. yeah, yeah you're still, still part of the race you're still racing and well and how much are we talking about like, the pit strategy like yeah right right it's not everybody taking a break yeah so uh, whoa that's actually a that's that's a that's a great observation. Now, how how did you come to realize? I, I, obviously, you're around more sports than I am, but that's really crazy. Why why do you think that is that we favor? So so you believe it's like the stat based? I think you can so. garner think, more stats. Yeah, I think um, for whatever reason, um, we like really. I think in the U.S., uh, people really like um, being able to compare things and who's better than who and and. Uh, things like that. So sports that allow you to track all these different stats and have all these pauses and breaks where like they can break down stats, put comparisons up on the screen, Mm. things like that. I feel like um, garner more attention. I mean, in, in the U S we have such a huge, huge, huge um, affinity for like fantasy sports and things like that, where you have, you pick your players for your team and you're like, Oh, I hope my guy, like for my fantasy football team, I hope that, um, my guy gets a scores a touchdown this week. Cause that gets me more points for that guy. And, and if I get all my guys performing well, just randomly, cause obviously I have no say in how they play. Right. Um, then I can potentially like win this fantasy football, uh, league just because I picked the right people that played well on the right days. Like I think, uh, yeah, I think the U S has a, a big affinity for like statistics for whatever reason, uh, and comparing people. I'm not sure that's probably more of a, um, sociology kind of thing to dive into. I haven't gone that far with it, but I, I just find it interesting. The difference, uh, that's the big difference that I've found in terms of sports that uh, are the most popular in the U S compared to the rest of the world. Right. So. No, that's no, that's really interesting. Yeah. Cause I have, when I've been talking to some people about, you know, that I've been getting into F1, it, it, it is like a, you know, they, they kind of cock their eyebrows and say, well, how'd you, you know, how'd you get it started with that? Why do you like it? What's it, you know, it's just racing. Um, and, so, well, wow, that's so interesting. I think the, the other connotation of that in the U S in terms of racing, just, uh, in regards to F one 
is the racing that most people are like aware of primarily is NASCAR. Right. <laughs> like, right. It's just people going around in a, a circular track and the, the most exciting thing for NASCAR that people love is that you get to go and tailgate it and get super drunk watching loud cars race around. Right. Right. Like and it's not, like a, it's the, not the same kind of like uh fandom as, as F1 or it's not even the same kind of race. So no, no, it's not even close to the same race. And, and what you're, you know, what you're alluding to is like, yeah, it, it feels like something that's, you know, more popular among, among Southerners. There's like a, like a, like a rednecky kind of connotation to it. And, and yeah, that's not, yeah. I, I, I don't think that's really anything. I think, that I think F1 a lot of is, but no, people just I, equate racing with racing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the, another reason that F1 is not super popular. And I'll also, I'll shout out one of my, my friends, Lebo, who, um was very unhappy when i had f1 on tv uh when we were at the beach over the summer uh, over the summer not because he doesn't like uh f1 but he hated the fact so much that mercedes was most likely to win because they have a faster car he's like it's not an even playing field what the hell he's like that's not fair I'm like, no, it's not fair. But I mean, every team has the opportunity to make a faster car and, and right. tweak things and, and whatnot. But he was like, but they have the best car. So every week they're most likely to win. Well, That's it's not, not like they were win. handed the fastest car by the FIA and told yeah. everybody else to beat them, you know? Yeah, I was like, they they made That's the car. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, he was ripping on F1. And so like uh, anytime something happens, uh, that F1's like in the little scroll bar at the bottom of uh, a football game or something. I'll get a text in our group message for all the guys that were down at the beach and he'll just be like, Oh, did Lewis Hamilton win again? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's a common occurrence. That's pretty funny though, that that's like what you're going to pick at. Yeah, no, I thought it was, uh, it was, it make it definitely uh, gets a chuckle out of me. Yeah. So, um yeah we're just the weird americans that like f1 that like racing hey. it uh it's definitely made me pick up my controller a lot more i i get on the racetrack like yeah, like three four times a week for a little Ooh. while and we've got the best f1 podcast out there so we're oh, not I just know. random americans that are that are into f1 everybody so. knows our name yep we're uh, i mean so many friends of the show at this point i know we have we have more <laughs> name recognition than nico rosberg exactly who's that's that? just yeah who even <laughs> is that dude is um, that my cat's name would i don't be even the have worst a cat. cat name it would be it would be a bad one people, people be like oh who's that ah he used to do this thing yeah it wouldn't be a great cat name i guess he, he didn't he good. didn't do it as well as lewis hamilton it's a better person name he did get his world championship though he did get one ah good for him and then he retired immediately he was like I got it. See ya. And now he's just counting on them YouTube views. There you go. Not a bad way to live these days. No, definitely not. I mean, we talked about it last week. Uh, you can you can definitely make anyone can make it on the internet, dude. I took a bath today. 
Oh no. <laughs> How much? Uh, I, I, it smells good enough for like 45 a jar. Ooh, wow. You're just jacking up the price. I am. Supply dude. and I'm, demand. I'm making a market. Supply and demand. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, uh, it, 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 it'd get real irreverent from here on out. That's, that's kind of all I have. Yeah, I just wanted that's... to make the point about the format, and you know, no, no, I, I'm glad you did. I, um, I no, because that really... was a great observation about the the difference in like enjoyment of the sport. I had never even considered that, so that was a great point to make, man. I love yeah. that. No, I'm glad that you took uh took us down that that road because it prompted me to for that to pop into my mind. Um, so awesome. Well, I think uh, that just about wraps it up for for this episode. You want to take us out? Yeah, so look forward to look forward to next week. We'll cover the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, which is the closing race of the season. Um, we'll have some news for you guys then about what's coming up in the future um, and where to find the tall and short of it at the start of next season. Um, so with that, I just want to say thank you, everybody, for listening. And this has been the tall and short of it. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you.